Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, uh, my name is Jamie Futrell, and so uh, if you came tonight planning to hear John, I'm sorry. Uh, John is is in with the youth tonight, and he asked me if I would step in, and and so I, of course, said that I'd be delighted to. Uh, I always love a, 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 an excuse to be on a microphone, and so... Uh, you know, this sounded just as good as any, so I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you will, um, I don't know what, uh, uh, how John normally handles things, so I may be a little more scattered and do things a little differently, but my hope tonight is that uh, you come away with more appreciation of the Word, and that, that would certainly be my desire. Um, I want us, I do want us to, first of all, I, I did put notes back there. So if you didn't stop at the table and get notes, then, then, uh, somebody, if you'll raise your hand, I bet somebody will be real nice and bring them to you. You could just raise your hand. Okay. You could go back to the table and get some exercise. And then, uh, so we will be going through the notes. Um, I give you the notes because I like to, if if anybody ever took my Romans class, I like to go through lots of scripture, and it's possible that you won't be able to keep up with how much scripture we go through. So the best thing for you to do, which I prefer for you to do anyway, is study the scripture later when, when you have a chance. But what I will want us to do is read the scripture tonight. So I will be asking for volunteers, and if you don't volunteer, then I'll volunteer you. And so, uh, you know, but I do want us to read Scripture. If you would, please re-announce what translation you're reading from. Uh, I like to read lots of different translations. It's one of my big things uh, because, you know, People get all caught up in, well, you know, this version is the real version. This one's the one that God intended for us to read. Well, if you're going to be that way, then you need to know how to speak and read Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, because that's what the Bible was written in. Everything else is a translation. Everything else is a translation. And so... Uh, I like to read lots of different translations because then what I do, what it gives me is, is different insight from different perspectives. This person interpreted this group because most of the time what it is, if you'll look in the, somewhere in the front of your Bible, it's got the committee that, that, it, that did the translation. So it's not most of the time unless you're reading Eugene Peterson's The Message, most of the time it's, it's a, a large group of people that have went through and put the translation together. And so I like to hear it from different translations. So don't worry if you think that your translation's not approved, it is. I, I approve it. So let's, let's do that. And so 
In order for that to happen, I've got a microphone up here. That's why I wanted you to sit together because we'll pass the microphone back and forth because you'll be on the podcast. And so they've got to be able to hear you on the podcast. And if you're nice about it, I won't embarrass you and call you names. Well, I'll just let you read it. Okay. So, so let's get started. Uh, since Eric's already offered prayer, let's just jump right in here. Let's start by reading Psalms 118.24. Now, there's a high probability that you already know this. And uh, if, you, if you didn't know the verse by citation, you will certainly recognize it when I read it. But I'm hoping by the end of the night that this verse means something more to you than it did when you came in. Psalm 118, verse 24. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So that sounds like a just pretty simple that's a pretty simple passage. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But to me, there's a quite a bit packed in this verse. And that's what I want to go through tonight. Let's look first at Ephesians 1.4. Ephesians 1.4. And who wants to read Ephesians 1.4 for me? Thank you, Jim Lewis. I appreciate you uh, volunteering. And so Jim Lewis will read Ephesians 1.4. What version are you reading? Translation are you reading from, Jim? The New Jim? American Standard. Oh, I love the New American Standard. And somebody else, you need to still look it up because I may ask for a different translation. So Ephesians 1.4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. So just as he chose us, read that, read that part again, Jim. Just as he chose us in him, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Okay, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. In other words, before he formed the world, he chose us. So scientists may disagree on how old the world is, but we can all agree that it was before we were born, right? Good three, four, five, six, ten thousand years. And before that, you were already thought of. Think of that. You were already thought of before the foundations of the world. Does anybody have a different translation that, that, that speaks to you on Ephesians 1.4? Okay, Jeremiah 1.5. Let's look at this. Jeremiah 1.5. Who's going to read this for me? All right, Jim... Pass it over to uh, Stephen. What translation? 
It's New King James. New King James, Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Before I formed you in the womb. You may not know this, but did you know when a little baby girl is born, all the eggs that she will ever produce are already in her. All the eggs that she will ever produce are already in her when she's born. So here's what I, my question for you. When, when God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Which one? The womb of your mother or the womb of your grandmother? Think about that. Think about that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Okay? I mean, this, you know, we tend to get all worked up because things don't work out the way we want them to work out. I don't know if you guys realize this. God's a long-term planner. I mean, I mean, when we talk about having long-term plans, we, you know, we're talking about three, four, or five years out. You know, I know for some of us, you know, we're talking about, you know, 10 minutes out, but that's not really long-term planning. Real long-term planning for us is, you know, a few years out. When God's talking about long-term planning, he's talking about generations. We're talking about thousands of years because if God plans you even while you're in the womb, and we know that could have been in your grandmother's womb. To me, that's pretty exciting. Now look at Isaiah 49 and verses 1 and 5. Isaiah 49, verses 1 and 5. Somebody over here volunteer to read that for me. Who's going to volunteer? All right, thank you. Isaiah 49. One and five. So this is from the New International Version. Okay. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. And then to verse five. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and he, my God, has been my strength. So again, God is reminding us that he is a long-term planner, that, that you're not an afterthought. You're not something that God just, as, as he was putting together other plans, oh, yeah that, yeah, that might work out. Yeah, go ahead and throw him in there. Yeah, that'll be good. That's not the way God does it. God has a long-term plan. When, when Jesus, when the prophets foretold of Jesus' coming, it was 476 years. Now think about that. That's long-term planning, 476 years. And so, and so here it is. God's letting you know that he has a plan. And think of this. This is, this is what I love about this. Think of this. If God is saying to us, 
that I already formed you in the mother in your mother's womb. And he says, I know the number of hairs on your head. Okay? This is saying, God is saying, I'm in the details. I am in the details of your life. For some, I've heard some people say, well, you know, don't, don't bother God. I don't bother God with prayers like that. Don't bother God like that because that's too, that's too little for God. Um, he keeps up with the number of hairs on your head. What, what, what would really be, I mean, my mama loves me guys, but she has no idea how many hairs are on my head and she cuts it every month. You know, I mean, I mean, she has no idea. Uh, and so, uh, I remember, uh, very embarrassing time for us, humiliating time for us, but we, we went through a period where we had lice. I don't know if you've ever had lice. I wouldn't wish lice upon anybody. I mean, it was terrible. And even then, I thought we didn't count any hairs, I'm telling you. So, so if God's that much in the details, that, that's really hard for us to to comprehend if we really stop and think about that, that God is that much into details. So when this verse, when Psalm 118.24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Now all of a sudden that should carry a little bit different impact to you because what God, we know that he's a long-term planner. I kind of think of it like this, you know, that, that, you know, if the church is going to do anything, what does the church end up doing? We form a committee for that, right? You know, and I kind of think that there's a committee, uh, uh, an angelic committee that is in charge of November 15th, 2022. You know, that, that, that committee, okay, guys, you're up tomorrow. Your day's tomorrow. What do you guys got planned? You know? And so, the reality is, is that this is not just another day. There has been great planning put into this day because you think, are you sure, Jamie? Um, listen, listen, if the God of the universe stopped to form you in your mother's womb, said, I'm going to keep up with the number of hairs on your head, you really think he doesn't have a plan for tomorrow? Really? Really, he's planned it. He has a plan. And so when it says, this is the day the Lord has made, that, that should speak something to you because he's a long-term planner. Then let's go down the other side. If you look on my notes there, on the other side of the branch is, is that it's good for you that he's not just putting a plan together, but he's putting a plan together that's good for you. So Jeremiah 29, 11, almost everybody has read this one at some point. And uh, Chad, let's see. Were you going to volunteer for me? Fabulous. Chad will be next. Okay, Jeremiah... 29.11, what version are you reading? This is the NIV version. Okay. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
So we've all read this at some point or another, and and here's God's promise to you. I have, I know that I have plans for you, and these plans are prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. So we've all been familiar with that at some point or another. We've been in a situation, and here's the thing. Here's what I think the enemy works against that particular promise is to to distract us either with two things, okay? First thing, I think I'm convinced this is the number one weapon that the enemy uses, comparison. Comparison, to get us to compare where we are or what we have with somebody. Because the reality is, if God says, I put together a plan for you, Ronnie, I put together a plan for you, Kelly, then then it's kind of ridiculous for Kelly to be looking at my plan. Because my plan is not Kelly's plan. But if the enemy can get Kelly to look away and look to the left or to the right, look at somebody else's plan, then the enemy can get Kelly to get off focus from following what God's calling him to do. You hear me? Because what he wants Kelly to do is, Kelly, look look at that. Can you believe he's got one of those? I mean, you, you should have had one of those. I mean, I can't believe that. I can't believe, look at that. Look at that. Don't you want one of the, man, you deserve one. You know, whatever it is, I can't believe this is the way it's working out for you. All the things you've done for God, and this is the way he rewards you. This is really tough. Really? That's what he's doing. He's trying to get you to look away at somebody else's plan rather than staying focused on your plan. This is the plan that God allowed for you, okay? And so, and it's a plan to prosper you and to give you hope in the future. Now, we tend to think of prosperity as always being about money. But let's keep something in mind. Money is not eternal. It's temporary. I mean, we all get so excited about money But the reality is money would be no different than you getting excited about ice. It's temporary. It's going to melt. And where you're going, when you eventually go home, the money doesn't go with you. So when God says, I want to prosper you, he's not just talking about prospering you temporarily but he's talking about prospering you permanently. And when he prospers you permanently, the things that are permanent are the things that are inside of me, and that is character. All the character that I develop here goes with me. So if I can understand in whatever situation that I'm in and I can grasp the character out of it, that gets to stay. 
Nobody can take that away. Nobody can steal it. That stays with me. And our entire purpose here, because remember, and it's so easy to forget, that our entire purpose here is not to get famous, not to get recognition, not to get money, not to get promoted, not to get a big house, a fine car, not to acquire tons of stuff that our kids throw away or sell anyway. Our purpose here is to prepare for eternity. That's it. We are in a temporary location and if we forget that our temporary location is to prepare for our permanent location, we will end up arriving at our permanent location without the proper utensils that we're going to need. So that's what it's all about. And we can gather up as much of that as possible if we stay focused on the plan God has for us and not getting distracted with Ronnie's plan or Eric's plan or anybody else's. Stay focused on the plan God has for me. Okay? Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. It still should be on. Is it not on? Hello. Yeah, there you it's go. on. Romans 8, 28, New King James Version. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, few things that are important about this verse. This is one of this is my favorite one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Because this verse this verse basically, man, this, this is powerful. Here's what God's saying to you in this verse. Read it again, Chad. Listen to this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things. Now, I know that it's easy to get, you know, confused but all things mean, it means all things. All things. All things. All the good things. No, all things. You mean the bad things? All things. God works all things. Listen, God works all things together for the good. How does he work it together for your good? What, what about when I make a mistake? He works it together for your good. How does he work it together for my good? He uses that mistake as a learning opportunity for you to learn either A, how not to do that again, or B, to gain character out of that situation. One of the things I think is so true about our time here, and that is this, when we get to heaven, there'll be no pain, right? One of the best, I, it, it's not pleasant, but it's the reality. One of the best teachers is pain. That's the truth. So much of the things we remember the most are the things we learn 
through pain. It would have been a lot better if we could have learned when mama told us, don't touch that. What does mama know? I'm touching that. It would have been better if I'd learned, but I didn't. But I did when pain taught me the lesson, right? So, so we even, even, even that, which was a, a mistake, God says, I'll take that. And I, the powerful God of the universe, who loves you, chose you, even before you were in your mother's womb, I, who planned all these things about you, I am so powerful, I will take even those things and work them together for your good. Man, that is, that's good news because here's what that basically says. Two things. One, I spent a lifetime wanting to be able to, Got saved when I was 13, so I wanted to be able to do what God had called me to do. I wanted to be where God wanted me to be. So I thought that what that meant was, was that if I prayed and I asked God, God, what do you want me to do here? God, what do you want me to do here? God, show me your way here. If I did that, then guess what? I would make all the right decisions. Because I was asking God for wisdom, and I was asking God to show me which way was the right way. And as I got later along, and I kept finding out that I was not choosing all the right decisions, I got a little miffed. And I said, hey, buddy, you didn't hold up your end of the bargain here. I mean, I'm asking you, which one is right? Do I do pick door number one? Do I pick door number two? Whichever one you want me to pick, God, that's what I'll pick. And the Lord answered me and he said, Jamie, you can't make all the right decisions. Even if I wanted you to, you know why? If you made all the right decisions, You'd be just like God, and your vessel is not big enough to contain God. So it's impossible for you to make all the right decisions. And God says right here in Romans 8, 28, but guess what? You can't make all the right decisions, but I can make all your decisions right. Now that's good news. That's good news. God's saying, I'm promising you this. In a way, if we are, this is what I believe, if we are submissive to him, we cannot fail. We cannot. If we are submissive, if we are submissive, then God is saying, I'm going to take it. I'll work it out for you. I'm, I'm going to work that out to be a blessing for you. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to work it all out. The secret is in us, where we are. And even when we do have moments of rebellion, God says, I'll work that out too. 
I will work that all out. You just keep coming to me and you keep bringing it to me and I will work it all out. Man, that's good news. Psalms 33:11. Just pass it down the roll here and we'll we'll have these we'll have you guys read Psalm 33:11. Okay, mine's Students Life Application Bible. Okay. And this says, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Listen to that. Read it one more time. Listen to this. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. God's intentions can never be shaken. Think, it, think about what that's saying. This is passage is basically saying, you know what? What God sets to happen, what God sets in motion, it will happen. What God sets in motion, it will happen. All of his promises, uh, 2 Samuel 22 says, all of his promises come prove true. So what, what Psalms 33:11 is saying is, what, what God sets in motion to happen is going to happen. There's nothing you can do that can stop that. You know, he's going to make this happen. And so uh, that's exciting to me. That's exciting. So we know that, first of all, God's a long-term planner. He, he's, he's not shooting from the hip like, like John and I do. I mean, he's, he's not going, oh, wait, 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 come on. Let me, let, let me think about it. Let me think about it. I mean, he's already put a plan together long ago, okay? Second thing is that we know that God's plan is good for us, that he's not just doing something. Here's the, you know, here's the awesome thing. Think about this. Think about this. Do you know what the number one to me, this is the number one reflection that God loves us. Number one reflection. Anybody want to take a wild guess? Choice. God gave us choice. He didn't have to, but he did. And that's what true love is. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, if I said, Kelly, you, I want you to love me, okay? Kelly, if you don't love me, I'm going to kill you. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, when Kelly says, I love you, do, do you really think he means it? We don't know. Because he's doing it because I told him that if he didn't, I'm going to kill him. The only way that Kelly's love can be genuine is that he has choice. And that's what God gives us. He gives us choice. And so the choice was for Adam and Eve in the garden, listen, I'm the God of the universe. I've created everything. I created this beautiful garden. And you guys, uh, I, I want to be in relationship with you. So here's what I was thinking. I thought we'd partner up together. 
and do this whole earth thing. I've got some really cool plans I'm thinking about. I got Grand Canyon's going to be over here. And, and I said, but anyway, what I was thinking was we do this thing together and you would just come and talk to me and I will share my wisdom with you. Oh, and there is a tree over there and, and it has earthly wisdom in it, but stay away from it. I think we'll go over to this tree over here. Let's check it out. And immediately they exercised choice. Because God didn't make us robots. It's easy to read in all these passages and think with all these plans that God has that therefore what God is doing is God's just, he's already got everything all planned out. But you can't get confused in that. Because God always gave you choice because without choice, there is no love. So we always have choice. Always. So look at Proverbs 16.9. Pass the microphone back to somebody and just, just whoever you think. <laughs> like, Not me. Not me. Okay, Proverbs 16, 9. The New King James Version. Okay. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Read that one more time. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So back to what we're saying is... If we know that Romans 8.28 is at, is at work, okay? We know, first of all, God's made a plan. We know, second of all, that God says, I'm going to work all things together for the good. Now, what God is saying is, you may make your plans, but I'm because you're submitted to me, I'm directing your steps. And I see this happen so many times that, you, you know, you think that, well, God's calling me to this, God's calling me to this, God's calling me to this. And then when you get there, God turns you around and it was something else. There was some other reason that you were called to that spot. And I, I kind of think God says, yeah, that's not why I'm calling you there, but go ahead. If that's what it's going to take to get you there, then that's fine. Think that when you get there, I'll, I'll show you why I really am. I'm bringing you there, you know? I mean, I think about the young man who brought the fishes and the loaves that day, you know? I, I, I'm just betting that God directed him there that day. But had God, now that you want to think about, those of you that suffer with anxiety over things, can you imagine if God had foretold that young man 30 days out. Now, listen, here's what I'm going to use you for. It's going to be really powerful. They're going to talk about you for generations. It's going to be a very exciting moment. They won't know your name. Don't worry about that part, but they all will know who you are. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have you, you, I'm going to use you to feed 5,000. It, it's going to be great fishes and loaves for everybody. It will be marvelous. And here's this 
young man and he's thinking, okay, I got to get enough fishes and loaves to feed 5,000 fishes. I mean, I've only got just this one little job. How am I going to save up enough money for enough fishes and loaves for 5,000? I don't think. And finally, the day comes when he's supposed to go and hear that preacher uh, that, that everybody's talking about and he's supposed to go and he's supposed to speak. I mean, uh, go and be there and hear him speak. And what's he, do? I, I can't go. Aren't you, aren't you going today's the big day, honey? Aren't you going down there fishes and the loaves and everything? No, I can't go. I don't have enough fishes and loaves. And so, so many times, God doesn't tell us everything because we can't handle it. You know? So I love that. I just I think that is so good. Deuteronomy 31.8. Where's the microphone? Okay, Ronnie. Deuteronomy 31.8. This young man's going to read it for me. Deuteronomy 31 8. That's all right. Now, while he's looking this up, so if you're wondering, you know, you all know, if you've heard me speak at church before, you know that I probably have a really severe case of ADD. So you know that I go all over the place. But one of the things that I end up doing when I'm studying the Bible is when I, when I come to a verse, I've got a reference Bible, and it'll reference other verses. And, I mean, this is, this is how uh, crazy I am. So I will get to a verse, and it'll have, I look over in the reference, and it'll have maybe two other passages and I'll go look those two passages up. And when I get to those passages, if they have references, I go look those references up. And when I get to those, I, I mean, I run it out till it's completely exhausted. And then what ends up happening to me is that's how I end up knowing that, that so many times God says something that you think is in one place and it's actually in 11 different locations. And one of the things that's so cool to me is, is that that's where so many times, and maybe this doesn't happen to you guys, but you know, it happens to me a lot. The enemy will whisper, yeah, that, that wasn't for you. And then and then what God will do is show me, oh, uh, I said it to this one, and then I said it over here to this one, and then I said it over here to this one. And so, yeah, it's, it's most definitely for you because I meant it for all my children. Okay? So I just love that. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 31. 31 8. 8. It's an NLT. Uh, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he will neither fail you or abandon you. Listen to that. Listen to that again. Listen, listen to what the Lord's promise here is. Lord's personally. It doesn't say the Lord will go before you. It's saying the Lord personally will go before you. Listen to it again as he reads it. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you, he will be with you, 
And he will neither fail you or abandon you. Now, if we operated with a true understanding of that verse, what, what would we ever get stressed about? I mean, the Lord's personally going ahead of you. Well, this looks like a really scary situation. Well, it just looks that way. It, it's, totally, it's totally false. It's not a scary situation. I mean, because the Lord personally went ahead of you. And he's making the promise. He says, I'm personally going ahead of you, and then I'm going to take care of it. Whatever the situation is, I personally went ahead. Um, you know, imagine that we were, each one of us, because to me, you know, it's powerful that God's saying, I personally go ahead of you. The Secret Service, when the president comes to a town, it takes months. It costs us millions of dollars, okay? It takes months for the Secret Service to prepare a community for the president to come to because they don't just, he, he can't just say, hey, next weekend I'm thinking about we'll go here. That can't happen. They have to do all this prep. Every building that he's going to pass in front of, they're doing prep to make sure that there's no locations where a shooter could be posted. And if there is a location like that, then guards have to be posted at that building. I mean, there is enormous planning that goes into this. The God of the universe says, I personally go ahead of you. And what he's doing is he's going ahead of you and he's looking for any traps. He's looking for anything that might cause you a hindrance. And so that's why it's so important for us, one, to listen, and two, for us to obey. Because if we get caught up in fear, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. I had a situation just a couple of weeks ago where the Lord told me, he said, I want you to call this man, and, and I want you to ask for his permission. And I was, he will never give it, God. This It will not. This, okay, I'm going to do it because you're God. Okay, I'm going to do what you told me to do because I'm not going to disobey. But I'm just letting you know right now, this is not going to work out the way that you're thinking it will. And, of course, I called the gentleman. And I'm just absolutely convinced because what I'm going to ask him about is that his, his uh, competitor, his competitor wants me to work with his competitor. And so I just want to know, are you cool since I'm already working with you? Are you cool with me working with your competitor? There's no way he's going to say okay to this because they're competitors. And... I get him on the phone, and he says, within the first two minutes, oh, that's wonderful. How flattering that is that he would, that, you know, here you are working for me, and he would want you working for him. I just, that's wonderful. I think this is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> what? Okay, you're, you do understand that, that they've, they've, yeah, he's your competition and everything. I just wanted to make sure you, yes, Jamie, I think that's great. What? And God told me beforehand he will approve this. 
And so if we can not get caught up, not get caught up in acting in fear and acting with, with the way that circumstances appear, this is what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Doesn't matter. That's looks are not reality. So we have to go by our faith. Okay, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Thank you, brother. I'm going to get Kelly to read this one for me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You've all heard this one before. Let's see. This is the modern English version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says what? Is it still on? Okay. You're, you're on. You're hot. Well, we could. I heard you when you, when you blew on it. Okay. Still there you go. Okay. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. So, so trust in the Lord with all your heart. So, and then, and then listen, lean not into your own understanding. So, so that's key because remember, God says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher. Listen, it's a foolish man who thinks that he has to understand everything before he moves forward. I mean, there's a lot of scientists that, that would have you to believe that you've got to understand everything. Well, listen, God's saying right here, uh, listen, uh, your ways, yeah, they're not my ways. My ways are higher. It's not possible for you to understand everything that I do. I mean, if you start studying this word and you understand some of the science, you'll see that science is just now understanding some of the things that God put in his word thousands of years ago. Things that, that science said at one point or another could not possibly be true, and it was in God's word, and now they're coming back having to say, yes, uh, yes, it works that way. Because God says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher. So when we lean on our own understanding of the way things look, well, it looks like, well, you, you, that's your understanding. Might even be your perspective. I mean, how many times have you had a situation where you just thought for sure this was the way it was going to, that I'm, I'm positive, and then all of a sudden something happened that changed everything. And that's all it takes is some little key that you did not have the entire time. And God said, yeah, I knew it. So God's trying to say, don't lean on your understanding. Listen to me. Trust in me with all your heart. 
Trust in me. I'm telling you. I'm whispering to you what to do. Okay? And then finally, 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. Mayor's going to get this one for me. Now, just in case, just in case you think, well, that can't be for me. That can't be for me. That can't be for me. That when God said that, he was talking about his prophets. When God said that, he was talking about this. God said that he meant the the higher people. He meant the pastors. He meant the Bible teachers. He meant the really good people. I'm not, I'm not really good people. I'm just, I'm just barely here, man. I mean, it, that's not meant for me. Ooh, ooh. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. Uh, this is New King James, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. So... First Peter is referring to who? What puts us as part of his chosen people? What makes us part of his chosen people? We've got to do one thing, be associated with who? Jesus. And, and we know that Paul says in Romans that once you're associated with Jesus, now you are what? His brothers and sisters because we are adopted. Romans chapter 8, we are adopted we are adopted by the Father into his family, and now Jesus has brothers and sisters because we all become part of his brothers and sisters. That said, what now, Mayor? Read it again. Listen to this. But you are a chosen generation. A chosen generation. Now listen, this is not chosen in the sense that this is, this, this is key. This is not chosen in the sense that God says, you'll know Jesus, you won't. You'll know Jesus, you won't. That's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is, is everybody, I'm calling everybody to come to Jesus. I want all of you to come to Jesus. And the ones of you that come to Jesus, I've already chosen that you will be a part of the family. I've already determined that. You will be a part of of the family, if you receive Jesus, you're going to be a part of the family. He's not choosing who becomes a part of the family. He's saying everyone that comes to Jesus is chosen to be a part of the family. The chosen generation. Finish it. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So a holy nation, there's only one way we become holy. That's because we know Jesus. That's the only way because Jesus cleanses us and sets us right, right with the Lord. So when he sets us right with the Lord, we're now part of, we're now part of that holy nation. And then we're, I love this, I love this word, part of the royal priesthood. You all 
are a part of the royal priesthood. So those verses, as much as you may want to deny it and give the enemy power, I'm telling you, they are all for you and me. Every single one of them. Because you're part of the royal priesthood. Who else was part of the royal priesthood? Jesus. And he says, the same inheritance that Jesus will have, we will share in. You hear what I'm saying? So it's all that part. Now let's come back. Now let's read Psalms 118.24 together. Now this verse should, should, when you hear this verse now, there should be some real meaning. This, this, this day, this is, this day is the day the Lord has made. It's not just another day. It's not another day on the calendar. This day is special. He made this day because look at all the promises that he says. I made plans. I went ahead of you. I do all of this stuff for you. I know how many hairs are on your head. I know details about you that you don't know. Details your mama doesn't know. Details nobody else knows. I know all those details. I made this day. This very day I made it. And then what is our part? Our part is I will. What are we doing? We are choosing. It's choice. I will rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing. Yes, there may be days when you don't feel like it, but you are choosing to rejoice. I will. I commit myself to doing this. Because why? Why are you going to rejoice today? There's, look at this, look at that. Why are you going to rejoice today? This didn't happen. That didn't happen. There's so much disappointment. Why are you going to rejoice today? I'm going to rejoice because I know that God has a plan. And he has a plan to prosper me. And yeah, I made some mistakes yesterday, but here's the good news. He said that he'll take all the things that I messed up yesterday and he's going to use them together for my good to bless me, to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. That's what he said. He promised that to me because I'm a part of the royal priesthood. I am there in the chosen generation, the holy nation with Jesus. That's me. And he is making that promise to me. So I'm, of course, I'm going to rejoice. This is a wonderful day. And guess what I'm going to get to see? If I look for it, if I look for it, I guarantee, I guarantee, because we know in Scripture, in John chapter 5, uh, verses 17 through 21, John chapter 5, 17 through 21, Jesus said, my father is always at work. Today, always at work. Tomorrow, always at work. So guess what? He loves you. He wants you to join him. So if you look for him, you'll see where he's at work. 
and he invites us to join him in that process. Amen? So this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's all stand. Lord, thank you so much for just how much you love us. It's, in reality, it's beyond our comprehension. Because, Lord, there's no way we would, we would make some of the silly choices we make if we really understood, if we really understood just how deep and how wide your love for us is. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have such marvelous plans for us. Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, help us all to not be distracted with the fact that the land that we are currently serving in has so many temporary things. And it is so easy to get caught up and all the temporary things, and look to the side, to the left or to the right, and get caught up with what John has or what Bill has or what Samantha has or, or the promotion that he got or the, or, or the new car that she got and get caught up in temporary stuff. But Lord, help us to focus on you because we know that you're going before us and we know that you equip us and we know that you promise to give us every single thing we need. And so, Lord, even if we think we need it, if we don't have it, we don't need it because you promise to give us everything we need. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for each one that came tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them with insight and wisdom into your word. We ask all of this in the name of your wonderful son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.